Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, yesterday was Reformation Day, and we are in the middle of a series on the Reformation, going through the five solas. If you want to know what the Reformation is about in five short statements, it is the five solas, right? You want to run us through that real quick? I, I was just going to s- s- tell you that um, don't expect much from me today because I'm feeling a little sluggish after all of my celebration from Reformation Sunday and, and Reformation Not Day. Not Halloween. Not <laughs> Halloween. Um, no, the five solas are Scripture alone, um, which is often called the formal cause of the Reformation. It's the main um, place of divide with regard to where is um, ultimate authority lie and the and the Protestants were saying, no, it's in, in Scripture alone. Um, then you have, in, I guess you can do these in any order, but the order. I think there is an order, though. <clears throat> so we did them in the order of by grace alone, um, through faith, through faith alone, <laughs> in Christ you can, you alone, all for the glory of God alone. Um, well, I have Terry Johnson's book in front of me, and he does them in a different order. Okay. He starts with faith alone because faith alone is the the material cause of of the the reformation so sometimes people front load i like the order we're doing them in but i mean others well ours is the right order yeah i mean anybody who does it differently than us is obviously wrong (laughs) okay so we are on sola fide and i just i want to hit two at least two and you guys can go in other directions that's fine but on the first one we would never do that well, I know, we would you, I know you would, you. these other guys yes, might, but yes. you certainly would never <laughs> answer a question that wasn't asked. Um, so on justification and sanctification, how how are these two works of God's grace different, and how are they similar? Well, they're both completely works of God's grace, His, his love and unmerited favor to us through Christ. But um, justification is a judicial uh, adjudication. It's a pronouncement. It is a verdict, really, by which God declares us completely righteous um, in Christ because of his righteousness. It's not because of our righteousness. And so that thing, that is done uh, at the moment of, of our conversion, it is once and it is done and it is complete and it is never to be, it cannot be undone. There it is. Sanctification is also a work of God's grace, but it's ongoing uh, working in us after justification to just make us, uh, to set us apart to himself more and more. I mean, we are, we're fully set apart positionally in Christ, but then God begins to work with us. He begins to, as it says in Romans 8.29, to conform us to the image of Christ. And, and, you know, when we go to be with Christ upon death and on the day of the great resurrection of life, then even bodily we are fully conformed to Christ. In this life, we are step by step more and more conformed, but we're never 
perfectly there in this life. Mm-hmm. So maybe one verse that demonstrates that sanctification is also by grace is Philippians 2, 12 and 13. The first part, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Sorry, I keep on banging on the table and my co-hosts are, are gently reminding me to stop making so much noise. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work according to his good pleasure. So even the the energy that we need to, to mm-hmm. work um, for sanctification, Paul is saying that energy comes from God. Or, or Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, I worked harder than them all, but not I. It was the grace of God that is within me. And so that's how they're up the same. Um but when we get when we fuse these two together and when we when we start feeling that I'm not saved because my sanctification is not as far as I would want it to go, um, that is that is deadly to assurance. Um, we are not saved by how how far we've we've progressed in our sanctification. We are saved, as you've said, by that by that righteous declaration. I think the the book of of Romans is very helpful with this regard. It, it starts by by revealing just the sinfulness of of us as as human beings. That all of us have are estranged from God. All of us have gone our own way. That there's no one that's seeking God. That it takes a, a work of God's grace, which He then gets to in in four and five, dealing with justification in six. Um, but it, it's so I'm so thankful that God places Romans seven after this conversation about justification. Because you have Paul saying, who will rescue? I mean, who will deliver me from from this body of death? death? I mean, what a wretched man I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're going, wait, I thought Paul was saved. I thought he was justified. And you realize, oh, he is. But he's still working out that salvation. He's still wrestling with sin that's within. And he's being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. But it's a process. And if... If that was a process for the Apostle Paul, then it's also a, a process for me and for you, and there'll continue to be struggles with sin. But then the great reality of Romans 8 starts with, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Though I still have sin within, there's no condemnation for that because that mm-hmm. sin has been paid for by Jesus Christ. And Romans 8 is really just a chapter on assurance mm-hmm. that the God that began that good work is going to see it to the end. There's nothing that can yeah. separate Amen. us from the love of God in yeah. Christ Jesus. Being yeah. justified, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I think that uh, you know, Roman Catholic theologians, and even I would say this is not something um, germane only to Rome, because you'll see it in people like John Wesley or others. You know, they they believe that this doctrine of justification by faith alone would lead to lawlessness, that mm-hmm. if a person's good works are unnecessary to gain a right standing before God uh, to avoid his wrath, then why would a person even do good works? Mm-hmm. You know, why would, what, you know, if one can be assured of salvation based on faith alone, then the rationale for good works would be yeah. done away with. You know, no incentive to live a, a holy uh, life. Thought, you know, that's such a, I, I know that we've talked about this before, but that's so ridiculous. That's like saying, once I put the wedding ring on and make a covenant with my wife, mm-hmm. since she's married to me, till death do us part, there's no incentive at all for me to stay faithful to her and to love her. I mean, that, that is such, that is patently bad logic. But 
I but will that bad argue logic, this. <laughs> logic actually happens oftentimes, sure. even in the even among evangelical Christians. Uh, and I agree. Yeah, I, but I would say that if that thought never crosses our mind, then we ne- we have not actually truly understood grace. Mm-hmm. That's the argumentation of Romans. Mm-hmm. That after Paul makes this argument that where there's sin, grace superabounds. Yep. The response is, what shall we say? Shall I sin so that grace may abound? That's somebody that actually understands grace. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, mm-hmm. if you're not driven to that conclusion, yes. you haven't got what Paul's saying. You haven't recognized how radical and how scandalous grace is. Right. Right. If you don't come to the ever have that point of saying, wait, does this mean I have license to sin? Yeah. I mean, because grace is painted in such an abounding way that it does seem to suggest some of this aspect that we're talking about. And that's why it's important for us to finish or complete, according to Scripture, God's salvation. Justification is one part of it. It's that judicial declaration once for all. It is done. But God doesn't save us to tell us to go stand in the corner. He saves us to adopt us Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. as his sons and daughters and then to say, walk with me. Mm -hmm. Walk in my footsteps. Do what I do. Reflect my character. Mm -hmm. And part of that process is the process of 1 John 1, 9. You know, in that process, if we say that we have no sin, we're kidding ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. We're not confessing the truth. But... If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive mm-hmm. us of our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we're always falling short. But you you quoted Philippians where it says, you know, work out your salvation, trembling, trembling in fear, because it's God who is working in you. Mm-hmm. If we see God's sovereignty in salvation as something that paralyzes us, and make us, us focus within ourselves and just we're paralyzed, well, then we don't understand it. Yeah. It's to free us up. And it was like in Romans 5, Paul says um, that we are standing in grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've been pronounced righteous in Christ, but having been saved, we're standing in grace. We're swimming in grace. We are breathing yeah. God's grace. And that is something to make you look away from yourself, yeah. you know, and just freely confess your sins, move on, walk with God today. That's your privilege as an adopted son or daughter. Yeah. The other way to look about at this is that in the fall, with the sin of Adam and Eve, the image of God was distorted and broken. And in our justification what happens is um, we are renewed or we are made new and now the image of god is being renewed this is the language of colossians 3:10 that we're being renewed in, in knowledge and then ephesians 4:24 that we're being renewed in true righteousness and, and true holy. holiness mm-hmm. and so the idea is that coming to saving faith um, justification, however you want to, to talk about that, then begins a process of renewal back into not just the image of God, um, but specifically into the image of Jesus Christ, that we're being conformed to his image in true knowledge, true holiness, true righteousness. Um, it's the call upon our life that Alan's talking about. We're not mm-hmm. renew- we're not saved to stand in a corner. We're, we're saved in order to become image bearers. Yeah. Of Jesus Christ. And and grace um, affects 
the will in a supernatural way. So I'm going to get, how do you say that French novel? Is it Les Miserables? Les Miserables. Okay, thank you. Uh, Jean Valjean, at the beginning of the movie, he, he steals from that priest. And of course, he gets caught by the cops right away. The cops bring him back. They said, hey, did this, this guy steal from you? And the priest said, actually, he forgot some of the things that I gave you. And he gave him all the things. And it's, it's the best part of the whole novel because he got what grace was and it changed his life. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I can't even watch that scene in whatever film that they do without like tearing up because mm-hmm. Jean Valjean, his life is purchased at that point. And he said, now your life, he says something like, now your life has been purchased for God. Don't waste your life. And, and, and of course that grace energized him for, for the rest of his life. And I, and I feel like when that objection comes up and, and I, 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 I understand, like, I agree that if you, if you don't have that objection, you're not totally getting grace, but it, it, uh, it underestimates what grace does on the will. It totally changes your desires. That doesn't mean that you'll never sin again. I sin all the time, but it makes you want to love and serve Jesus Christ. Well, it's really the, the, the working out is Psalm 119. Our will is changed, and then all of the things that um, Psalm one nineteen talks about God's word becomes tr- uh, becomes a reality in our in our lives. Our will has been changed, and now all of a sudden we do love God's commandments. We want to run in them. We want to walk in them. We that want to please God. We, we want to love God. That's right. And 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 the desire of our heart is the things of God. Now it's not perfect. That that's the that's the difficulty of living in the in between. We're not what we once were, but we're also not what we're going to be. And so there's that tension of longing for the day when this process will be complete. That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope that you've enjoyed this series on the solas. If you've missed any of the broadcasts, just go subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Uh, Just type in The Gospel for Life and you'll find us there. We'll see you next time.